I'd like to share with you this morning what I've entitled Cultivating a Spirit of Excellence. And uh, if you are making notes, maybe you want to jot that down. Cultivating a Spirit of Excellence. Please turn so long to Jan Daniel chapter 5. And one of the reasons that I'm speaking about this is because God says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And I believe that we should arise in God, but we should shine in the way we live our lives. We should shine with God's glory. We should shine with excellence. And so you might say, well, why are you talking about excellence in a time of pandemic? I wanna tell you why. It's because we cannot put our lives on hold until this pandemic, however long it will take, comes to an end. We cannot put our lives on hold. There are things we need to still continue to speak about which are practical and relevant to our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. And I believe excellence is one of them. And so I wanna say right from the start, child of God, I speak over you, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen? Good. So as a way of introduction, I'd like to say the following, that Choose Life Church, we started uh, a little over 15 years ago. And when I hear that, over 15 years, I think to myself, golly, it's been a long time. And at the same time, it feels incredibly short. It's amazing how the years have flown by, literally. And uh, when Mandri and I started the church with the support of the task team, our boys were five and three, and now they are 21 and 19. I can't believe it. But let me tell you this, we had certain things in our hearts from before the church began. Literally from day one, we had a sense in our hearts that we wanted to do things well. We wanted to do things well, we wanted to give our best in everything that we do, and in particular, we wanted to do things with excellence. Would you say the word excellence? Say a little louder. So we wanted to do things with excellence. And we went as far as to include excellence as one of our 13 values in the church. And we would communicate these values every time when we spoke about our vision. We would also communicate the values as well. Right from the start, we were declaring them, we were declaring them. And so our desire is that we would be excellent in things like pastoral ministry in things like administration, in things like punctuality. We wanted to make sure we start our services on time, that we don't waste people's time. We wanted to be excellent in terms of hospitality and creating this warmth and love as people come in, that they mustn't feel like there's cliques standing all over, but no, there's people that love and are just genuinely wanting to love on them. We wanted to have that. We wanted to also ensure excellence in terms of the quality of our equipment. So we would not necessarily buy just the cheapest old thing which would break two years later, but we'd rather buy a better piece of equipment which would last for years. Also in terms of our physical environments, we tried to create, tried to create environments which were excellent and would draw people into the work of the Lord. Now, this has been our desire, and sometimes, admittedly, we have missed the boat, and we didn't get it right, 
But I believe that oftentimes, by the grace of God, we have gotten it right to do things well. I hope you feel that is the case. And our commitment through it all is being that we want to give our best for God. Because excellence is about giving your best for God. Excellence is about doing things well, doing a great job when we do things. And one of the things that influenced me in terms of this aspect of cultivating a spirit of excellence was in, uh, when I was 24 years of age, I went across to a church in America in Chicago by the name of Willow Creek Community Church. And I was invited together with a, a whole big group of pastors to go and attend this conference. And so it was exciting, and we rocked up there. It was the Global Leadership Summit at Willow Creek Church. There were many thousands coming to this conference. The auditorium seated about 5,000 people, uh, people had come from across the world. And as I began to enter into this facility and over the days of this conference see what was going on, I saw that they did things well that they served in excellence. When you came into the foyer, or the lobby, as they call it in America, there was like this, uh, you know, these people say, welcome to Willow, welcome to Willow, nice to have you, and I think, oh, this is kind of American, you know, welcome to Willow, welcome. But it was actually lovely. They were making you feel welcome. They were, there was tremendous hospitality. In their facilities, there was excellence. They had a beautiful cafeteria and all the delegates would go through and get these pre-packaged -pre meals. It was so organized. And then you would have the main sessions and they would break out to workshop sessions and there would be volunteers down all the different corridors saying, hi, sir, which workshop are you going to? Can I direct you? Okay, it's the workshop on this. It's just down that hall to your left-hand side. Can I walk with you? And I thought to myself, wow, what an example. This is how church should be. We should do things well. We should do things with excellence. And so their excellence made an impact on me. And during that conference, I picked up a statement which has never left me. And this is one that I encourage you to remember. This is the statement. Excellence honors God and inspires people. Isn't that a good one? Hello? It's a good one. Excellence honors God and inspires people. And I thought, that's probably the best statement I've ever heard on excellence before, because it's so true. You think back to some of these buildings um, that were built, for instance, by the Dutch Reformed Church or, or what have you in South Africa many years ago. They were built with tremendous excellence and the steeple and the beautiful building and stained glass windows and so on built so beautifully, why? It was to honor God through that excellence and also to inspire people. Sadly, many of those buildings are not very well attended today, but still, the people that were originally building those buildings, they wanted to honor God through excellence, and I believe that we should still seek to do that. And so this statement, I began to take ownership of. And I thought, I want to incorporate this into perhaps a church one day if I'm leading my own church. Now, admittedly, there are so many things that we could say about excellence today, but I'd like to touch on five things that I feel could be helpful to you in cultivating a spirit of excellence. Are you ready? Number one, when we are excellent, we represent God well. Say that with me. When we are excellent, we represent God well. 
Now, firstly, we need to realize that our God is a God of excellence. Do you believe that? He's a God of excellence. It says in Psalm 8, verse 9, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And if you look around at creation across the world, we can see God's excellence in creation. From the starry galaxies to the little grains of sand on the seashore, you can see the excellence of God. From a big elephant with those massive feet, boom, 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 walking along, to a little glow worm, you can see the excellence of God. From the snow-capped mountains in Switzerland or in Austria with their magnificent beauty to the coral reefs in Australia, the Great Barrier Reef under the sea, you can see the excellence of God. And so God is a God of excellence. It is part of his character and who he is. But I wanna tell you, he is not pleased with mediocrity. He is not pleased with half-hearted efforts. That's why he says, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I want you to be hot. Because if you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. So he's not pleased with half-hearted effort, but he is pleased when we give our best. And I think of the servant, uh, the servants that were given talents, the three different servants. And there was a servant who adopted this half-hearted effort and he buried his talent and the master was not pleased. But the other servants, they multiplied their talents. I'd like to say that they had a spirit of excellence. They multiplied it and the master was pleased. Now let me say this. Do you realize that you and I, because we are representatives of the great I am, that you and I are called to excellence. Do you realize that? Has it ever occurred to you? Now, maybe you grew up in a home where the home was so dear makar and there were clothes lying everywhere and nothing was ever neat and the dishes were always piled up and the home was a sloppy environment and you might be listening to me now and it's actually the first time you realize that God is actually calling you to excellence. Maybe you grew up in a home where things were well done and so this is something that you already practice in your life. But I wanna tell you that your God calls you to be an excellent example to others in the way that you live your life. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 in the NIV says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Would you say ambassadors? As though God were making his appeal through us. And so if you think of what is an ambassador, an ambassador is somebody that represents their government in a foreign country. And obviously the idea is that they must represent their government well, otherwise they get recalled, saying you're doing a bad job. And so that's what an ambassador does. And so you and I, we should see ourselves as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Yes, we live in this earthly realm, but we are representing a kingdom from elsewhere. We are representing the kingdom of heaven, and you are an ambassador. So would you please turn to the person next to you and say, good morning, ambassador. Doesn't that sound like good protocol? Morning, ambassador. Good morning, ambassador. And so we are representing the kingdom of heaven, and so therefore it matters how you and I live. 
And so there should not be half-heartedness because that doesn't represent God well, but excellence paints the right picture. It says in Colossians 3, verse 17, in uh, the New Living Translation, it says, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative. Notice that. It's kind of similar to an ambassador. Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to him through God the Father. So that's point number one. When we are excellent, we represent God's, uh, God well. Can I get an amen on that? Yes. Number two, excellence is not so much about what you do, but the attitude with which you do it. Think about that. And this is where the spirit of excellence comes in. It's not so much about what you're doing or the level of your job or the level of the fancy or not fancy things that you're involved in. It's about the heart with which you do it. Some people think that because their work is mundane and ordinary that they don't need to be excellent. Some people say, well, yeah, I just have to, you know, register the kids as they come to school, so it's no big deal. I don't really have to do it well. And they mistakenly think that one day when they do things which are far more important, then they're going to do things excellently. But that's not how it works. Because let me tell you how it works with God. He looks at those little mundane tasks that you are doing. And he looks for excellence in them. And then he gives you greater opportunities. So don't wait until you are busy with big mega projects, with the little stick in your hand, with the little five loaves and the two fishes that you have. Be faithful in terms of that. Excellence is not about what you do, but the attitude in which you do it. And so let me say this, that do you know that there are some huts in Africa which are as, they are as neat as a pin. They look beautiful. And then there are some mansions in Santon that are so dear Makar and in such a mess because it just shows you, it's not about what you have or the level of responsibility, but it shows about the heart attitude. That's why that African hut can be as neat as a pin because it is about a spirit of excellence. Now, if we look at the life of Daniel, we find what is a wonderful example of somebody with a spirit of excellence. And before we look at Daniel 5, just to give a bit of the context, the story is as follows. Here is King Belshazzar. He is the son of King Nebuchadnezzar. King Belshazzar is having a major feast, like many of the kings used to do in those times, a massive feast. And during this feast, next thing, the hand of God, the finger of God, begins to write on the wall of the palace. Can you imagine if that happened? Golly, God's finger is writing on the wall. Some of you say, I've been asking God to do that for a long time in my quiet time, but my wall's still clean. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know what that had to do with anything, but in any case. So, but the king saw what happened. And he became so fearful, the Bible says that his knees began to knock together and even his hip joints began to shake. Do you know what that is? That is serious fear and serious anxiety. But the thing is, no one could interpret the writing on the wall. 
Not all their expert people and philosophers, they couldn't interpret the writing. And then the queen said, you know what? There is somebody by the name of Daniel that can interpret the writing. So here we go. You're in Daniel chapter five. Now look at verse 11 to 12. The queen is speaking and she says, there is a man in your kingdom, listen to this, in whom is the spirit of the holy God. I like that. Talk about Daniel's reputation. And in the days of your father, that's Nebuchadnezzar, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Now look at this, verse 12. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, please say excellent spirit. She saw this. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, explaining enigmas, were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. And later on, that's exactly what happened. Daniel gave the interpretation. Now, jump to the next chapter, Daniel chapter six and verse three. And by the way, this is probably the most well-known verse in the Bible on this aspect of the spirit of excellence. It says, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, those are officials, because, here it comes folks, an excellent spirit was in him. Oh God, help each one of us to have the spirit of excellence within us because there was this defining mark, an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to set him over the whole realm. And so isn't this fascinating? that everybody could see that this Daniel had a spirit of excellence. I wanna ask you today, child of God, the people that you work with, the people that you study with at varsity, those that are with you at school, can they see that you have an excellent spirit? I pray to God that they can. And if they can't yet see that, I pray that God would speak to you through this message and that you would be passionate like Daniel to have a spirit of excellence. And notice also the words in verse three, it says, Daniel distinguished himself. You know what I believe? That some people are waiting or hoping that God is going to make them more excellent. Whereas God says, I have put the potential within you to be excellent, now just be excellent. In the same way that I put the potential in you to be holy, therefore be holy. And so we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on us to say, are you gonna be diligent? Are you gonna be excellent in the things that you do? Because Daniel basically completely outclassed the others. And so one of the questions is, well, what made Daniel this person of excellence? What are the, some of the things that he did? And as I looked into it, this is what I came across. Daniel was excellent because he governed well. He administrated well. He was not corrupt. <laughs> when you're not corrupt, it means you have a spirit of excellence. Also, he was not negligent. He was trustworthy. People would entrust things into Daniel's care, and they knew, listen, 
if you give it over to Daniel, the job's gonna be done and the door will be closed behind. <laughs> also, what made Daniel excellent is that he prayed diligently and the Bible also says that he fasted diligently. And so basically, this man set an example. All of those things made that he was a person of excellence. Now, one of the Christian commentators, his name is Gill, John Gill, says the following about Daniel's excellent spirit. Listen to what he says. This spirit does not mean a spirit of grace, virtue, and religion, which the heathen king was no judge of, nor valued him for, though it was in him. But this was a spirit of the knowledge of civil affairs and of prudence in managing them and integrity throughout his whole conduct. Now, if you didn't quite get that, basically it's saying that, he, in other words, he excelled because of his knowledgement, his management, and his integrity. <laughs> so this is not some big spiritual things that has been spoken about, but Daniel excelled because of his knowledge, because of his integrity, and because of his ability to manage. By the way, in terms of knowledge, I wanna say to you, even if you've got your degree, don't stop skilling yourself. Don't stop reading up about things. Maybe you're a teacher, and you think, well, I've done it all, I know it all. No, no, no. Keep on reading the journals, keep on discovering more. Maybe you're somebody who is a medical doctor, and you think, I've done all my years of training, I don't need to do anything more. No, keep on reading those medical journals, be the best in your field, and excel. And you watch what God will do as you have this desire to keep on growing. And so I wanna say, when you look at Daniel, how he excelled in knowledge, management, and integrity, I think to myself, God, please help us in South Africa, because we need Daniels in South Africa. Come on, put your hands together, come on. God, please help us. We need Daniels who will excel in management, in integrity, in knowledge. And so I pray that this example of Daniel will speak into your hearts. Number three, God deserves our best. Say this out loud with me. God deserves our best. Do you believe that? He does. And it says in uh, Colossians 3, verse 23 to 24, and whatever you do, child of God, this is written to you, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Now, when it says heartily, it means that we should serve enthusiastically, passionately, and wholeheartedly. And so we should learn to do things wholeheartedly. And you know, sometimes when we're younger, we don't really know how to do this and we have to learn this. For instance, I can remember my dad giving me some tasks as a young kid. And here I am, maybe 12, 13, 14 years of age, and my dad says, okay, John, would you go and clean the pool? And I gotta you know, clean out the baskets of the pool and pick up all the bugs and the grass and so on and backwash the pool and and so I've got to do my job, and sometimes I admit I did it quite half-heartedly. And I can remember my dad would say, John, you need to go pick up the business of the dog. Now, how many of you love picking up the business of the dog? Anybody? Nobody, not a soul. 
And I remember I'd get the spade, and when my dad wasn't looking, I, I, I'd scoop up, and then I'd hoi it into the bushes, you know? <laughs> I was very creative, very creative. <laughs> Somebody came to me after the service and said their son used to take the, 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 the tennis racket, and he would throw up, and he would into the neighbor's pool, but anyhow, Lord forgive him. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes when we're younger, we don't yet know how to apply ourselves properly, and we have to learn to be diligent. But I wanna tell you, God is saying, whatever you do, you need to do it wholeheartedly as unto the, God, unto the Lord. I wanna ask you today, in your work, are you giving your best? You say, no, I'm waiting for COVID to pass, and then I'll pick up to my A game again. No, no, no. I wanna tell you right now, give your best. I wanna ask you in your family, are you giving your best? I wanna ask you at university, are you giving your best? Because I believe that God wants you to give your best. Now, Martin Luther King Jr., he said the following, quite interesting. He said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep the streets even as Michelangelo painted or as Beethoven composed music or he should sweep the streets as Shakespeare wrote poetry. <laughs> I mean, this is putting your best into a very menial job. He should sweep the streets so well that the hosts of heaven and earth will one day pause to say, here lived a great sweep a street sweeper who did his job well. <laughs> Don't wait for something which is perceived as important. Do it well when you've got small things in front of you. By the way, sometimes we encounter bad workmanship. How many of you have had a contractor come around to your house and they need to fix the fridge or do some electrical work and they do a bad job. Anybody can testify to this. Thank you for the three hands. The rest of you, I'd like to know which electricians you use. <laughs> or maybe you have a builder, and he's coming to do a bit of building work, and you just see he's doing a shoddy job. Many times this happens, and I think they don't think that it matters, but you know what? It really does matter, because if you will work in excellence, you will never be without work as a contractor because everybody knows this person does great woodwork or great laying of carpets or whatever it would be. But I believe that as children of God, you and I, we should take pride in our work. We should do things well. And it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, therefore, whatever you, whatever, uh, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Point number four, listen to this. Excellence should never become oppressive, but should be kept in balance with grace and mercy. How many of you agree with that? I think excellence has to be kept in balance. Recently, I chatted to one or two people, and it became apparent to me that their parents were putting pressure on them. Now, pressure to, to do excellently is one thing. But pressure for perfectionism is a really, really bad thing. And so I believe that while God does want us to do things in excellence, it is very important that it would be done in an environment of grace. You see, excellence implies that I'm wanting to give my best. 
And it probably also implies that we are wanting others that we are working with, we want them to give their best as well. But you know what happens? Sometimes in those environments, we end up being too hard on ourselves. And we end up being too hard on others. And we actually cause damage. And that is not what I'm talking about today. That is not helpful. For instance, you might have a violinist. And this violinist... uh, Let's say they're part of our worship team. Let's say this violinist is of average musical potential. But if their musical potential is only average, you cannot expect maestro level results out of them. But you can make demands according to the level of their potential. And by the way, our violinist, Everett, he's one of the top violinists in the country, without a doubt. And let me just say this to you. I spoke to him the other day, and Everett said to me, he still practices several hours every single day. Even though he's a maestro violinist, he understands that he wants to continue to serve the Lord in excellence and not rest on the success of the past. Listen to this statement. My dad used to say this. At the end of the day, we're all just trying. And so while we wanna do things well, there also needs to be grace. Listen to the statement. Perfectionism is harmful, but excellence is profitable. And so if you pursue perfectionism, I wanna tell you, you're gonna end up hurting people around about you. But if we will pursue excellence instead of perfectionism, excellence to the glory of God, you know what happens? Everybody wins in the process. And so excellence should spur us on, folks. It should not be a heavy burden. The last point I wanna share with you, number five. Being average could keep you from opportunities, but excellence will open doors. This is a principle. Why don't you say this together with me out loud? Here we go. Being average could keep you from opportunities, but excellence will open doors. And I wanna confirm this with a scripture from God's word. Proverbs 22, verse 29, it says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Now notice it says, do you see a man who excels in his work, and that word excels forms part of the word excellent. And so if we wanna succeed in life, we need, to, we need to give our best. Now, you've probably heard this statement, cream rises to the top. How many of you have heard the statement, cream rises to the top? And it's actually very true, and it's backed up by Proverbs in terms of what I've just said. And some of you, you know, because you've cultivated a spirit of excellence in you, it's like you are cream. And so if you were to suddenly be placed in an all-new company, right at the lowest level of that company, it would only be a few months before you climb and climb and climb and climb, because a spirit of excellence will take you to the top, in the same way that it happened with Joseph. Because of the excellence in that man, suddenly he was promoted and given more opportunity. And so I wanna tell you, child of God, one of the reasons why we wanna be excellent, not only to honor God and be an example and so on, also we wanna do it because it will open doors for you. 
I want to tell you that this is a principle in God's word. And by the way, can you think of any other biblical characters that came to serve before kings because of their excellence? Well, Daniel we've referred to. Another one was Joseph. Another one was Moses. And you know that Nehemiah was also somebody who came to serve before the king because of his excellence. He was the cupbearer to the king. Do you know that in those days, that was a position of great honor to be the cupbearer of the king? And so I wanna tell you, there are many men and women of God in the Bible that have excelled and come to wonderful positions of opportunity because God will promote if we will apply ourselves. Can you say amen? Now, I wanna say this, give you a little story here as I'm ending off. And what happened is I was about 18 or 19 years of age and for some reason I was never involved in the youth in my dad's church. I should have, but I wasn't for whatever reason. But at about 18 or 19, uh, my brother Peter, who's four years older than me, he said, well, listen, why don't we go pop into to youth and see what's going on, maybe we can get involved there. And so we rocked up on this Friday night and youth was happening and it was a good evening taking place. And uh, the pastor who became my friend later on, Pastor Stewart, he was sharing a very good word. He spoke well. Uh, there was some icebreakers, some fun and so on. But in terms of the worship team, it was really in a state of complete shambles. And I, I remember the guy who was playing electric guitar. He had long hair and I think he was very interested in the girls or something. But he would play his guitar and he had his mic. And then during praise and worship songs, he would strum and then he would put his hand through his hair, which is very difficult for me to do. But he would put his hand through his hair and then he had pointed a young girl and smile at her, you know? I was crazy. And again, a little bit later on in the next song, he like smiles and puts his hand through his hair and he smiles at this lady and I'm thinking, Golly, anyhow, I don't know. I've never seen a worship leader like this, you know? And also, the drummer, let's just put it this way. The drummer needed a lot of prayer and help. <laughs> and so it was really in a shambles. And then they did about four songs on the night. And the third song, they didn't even play because next thing they put on this track and they all start jumping up and down, miming to it. And I sat there, 18 years of age, 19 years of age, and I thought, well, I'm a drummer, but... I can, I can do better than this. And I thought, what if I approach the pastor and I said to him, listen, can't, we, can't you maybe give us one gap? I'll put a little worship team together. Give us one gap to lead worship. And he said, but we have a band and so I said, please, just give us one gap. Let's see how it goes. At that stage, I'd been a drummer all my life. I just played drums, drums, drums. And then the Lord said to me, John, I want you to step out of your comfort zone because by the way, being covered by drums is a comfort zone and cymbals and so on. And he said, I want you to take the mic and you are gonna begin to lead worship for the first time. I'm thinking, help me, Lord. My knees are having fellowship right now. <laughs> but anyhow, so... I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And I had one or two friends. I pulled in a guy on acoustic guitar, pulled in a buddy on bass guitar, pulled in another friend on uh, drums. And so we practiced for about two or three weeks. And then we had this opportunity where the pastor said, okay, you can come lead worship at youth on this given night. We prayed, we practiced, we prepared ourselves, we tried to do things in excellence. We came and led worship that night at the youth meeting. 
and it was nothing short of amazing what God did. Yes, we prepared ourselves. Yes, we worked hard, and we did things in excellence, and it was beautiful. Straight afterwards, the pastor came to me, and he said, listen, John, you guys are gonna be leading worship next week, and the following one, and the following one, and the following one, and, the, and I thought we might begin to alternate with this other band. I said, what about these guys? He said, well, the one guy's busy immigrating, and things were falling apart a little bit, and so welcome on board. You are leading the youth band. Can we give the Lord a hand for that, amen? And that was the beginnings of me leading worship ever for the first time, but you know what? I believe that in my heart, I determined I'm gonna give my best for God. I'm gonna serve God in excellence. And you know what the Bible says? That it will open doors for you. And so I wanna say to you, child of God, as you serve God with excellence, you can expect doors to open in front of you. I wanna tell you that. You can expect doors to open. And that's exactly what God wants to do for you. Would you stand, please, as we close in prayer? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we wanna thank you for your word that is spoken to us today. In particular, Lord, we see the example of this man of God called Daniel who purposed in his heart that he would serve the Lord with excellence that he would do it wholeheartedly unto you. And we ask you, Lord, would you please help us in this area? We open our hearts that you would plant within us the seed of desire to begin to serve you with our very best. We open up our hearts and we wanna represent you well, Lord God. But we make a choice today. We make a choice for excellence. We make a choice to give our best. We make a choice to do things to the honor and glory of your name. And we thank you, Lord, that there's no doubt that you will reward us with opportunities. And so we say thank you, Lord. Thank you that we've not only heard the word, but that we will be people that will do the word. We give you honor and blessing and glory and praise. In the name of Jesus, we say amen, amen. Would you give the Lord a hand of praise as we end off? Hallelujah.